0: Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona.
1: Okay to just be like, here's, here's what this is. And here's how, here's what I say boldly. So let me just say a couple things boldly in the garden. Was there a church? No, there was a family. It is the weirdest thing in religion. When people hear about mom, dad, and brothers and sisters and all of that stuff. But all it is, is walking out the reality of the word. We've all been through a process where you read the word and you're like, yes, by his stripes I'm healed. But what does that mean when you wake up in the morning and you have thoughts about back pain? Or your you know, you're, 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 you, you're heart is declaring what the word says, but then something else is going on. We all know that it's a very different walk tomorrow morning. It's an easier walk, kind of. When we're all together and we're saying amen. But then when you go home and you're by yourself, that's where the rubber meets the road. So what this is, is a family that's willing to walk through the process all night, all day, all night, all day, not for the sake of codependency but actually quite the opposite. Because if you're a mother and a father, you actually raise your children and you send them away. You don't keep them in diapers, saying the same thing over and over and over again. So they would say in the same spot over and over and over again. Amen. Okay, so this past year, we have tackled if you guys can remember Yahweh gave us a picture of a building and he was walking us through step by step of what it was that he was showing us that he wanted us to get in a very tangible way some foundational things after we had the revelation that uh, Yeshua is more than salvation we understand him as salvation. Praise the Lord for that. Without him, we don't have it. But the problem is, is we stay there. We stay at baby Jesus. We stay at his life or we stay at salvation. And we don't grow into maturity when he says that you are going to do greater things than me. And we're seeing because it's the church not walking in that power. Because I believe that the Malachi says that the fathers of the hearts of the the hearts of the fathers are going to turn to the sons, and the sons of the hearts are going to turn to the fathers. And when that happens, power will come. And so what we've missed is discipleship, and we've missed being raised, and we've been been—we've missed being uh, raised into maturity. So what he showed us after we understood that there was more than salvation, he said, here are the things I need you to tackle as a family in a real way. You guys all remember the building and the pillars. I'm not going to do a good job drawing, but i am I'm wanting to do a recap and a review because, you guys, it's December what has happened to this past year and where are we going and what have we been through and what happened two weeks ago (laughs) I feel like I haven't been in this role it has been longer I want to say Megan had released it's been about a month I want to say it's been a couple months because we did prophetic words over the family last month but the month before that we did family dialogue and did our stars so it's been since October or September since we've released those words and really dug into the of what he's wanting us to get into so so, here we have the floor, what was below, salvation, thinking that we're Greek, Greek mindsets, black and white, all of this, right, that was below. Then we go into the floor, what was that floor called? What'd you say, Eric? Eric? Yeah, Hebrew versus Greek. So we were starting to obtain a foundation of being Hebrew. The Hebrew mindset. The difference in how we relate to one another. Again, amen, we're Hebrews. We have Hebrew mindsets. Now go home and work on that in your marriage. The moment you wake up, it's going to be Greek. I'm right, you're wrong. Religion says this, you messed up, I'm the godly one. Is that just us? (laughs) right? But Hebrews say, let me take this opportunity that we're enduring and understand more about you. Could you explain what your perspective is? Because I believe at the end of the day, if I'm Hebrew, his perspective does not threaten me. And because we're both right, I just don't have an understanding can you walk me through because at the end of this opportunity it's not even about fixing the problem it's about me walking away knowing him more that's a hebrew mindset doesn't that make sense with him that's why there's division in the church and, and all of it. we're right you're wrong you're a doctor involved versus like who are you why are you all of, all of those things, right? So there's the Hebrew mindset. That was our foundation. Then once we had that foundation, I feel like he was like, ha, ha, ha. now that you understand this concept, let's get into some things. So what was the first pillar? All right. Blood versus blood. We remember that that whole concept was, as we understand that Yeshua, it is finished. But do we really believe that if I have his blood? Do I walk that every day? Do I act that way with his family? Do I act that way in his healing? Do I act that I am, I am a co-heir? Do I act like I have inheritance? Do I believe that I am in his family? Do I really walk blood, meaning my earthly DNA, versus his DNA, right? Of course, that's why he was like, get your Hebrew mindset first. <laughs> Second pillar, what was that? All right, ministry of R. You guys are okay with my little drawings. Ministry of Reconciliation. We, we recognize that we've been given the Ministry of Reconciliation. We've all read that scripture. Paul says that. What did that mean? What did that mean? What does that mean to actually walk out a lifestyle of reconciliation? Especially when there's conflict. And you have to stand in a place to safeguard future restoration when it's not happening right now. So we learned about what battleground to stand on. And we learned about what the ministry of reconciliation was. Not only within your family, but how about the greater uh, idea of the gospel? That if it's neither Jew nor Gentile, and all of a sudden we bring up Hanukkah, it's like, whoa, hold on a second. You Jews over there. Gentiles do Christmas. Christmas. Ministry of reconciliation, how are we going to bring the two houses together if we don't understand if we're dying on a battlefield if they better say Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays, we're missing, the, we're menis- we're missing our ministry just by going to the grocery store. You don't need a platform, you don't need to be a preacher, you don't need to be any hotshot in a business, you just need to go to Walmart and walk out Ministry of Reconciliation, amen? Okay, next pillar. Walking in him, oh, look at that. Walking in him, this was that press of, could we walk differently? What if he said, walk on water instead of swimming? Cast your net on the other side instead of what you've been doing all night. And we understand all those parables, we understand those stories, but what happens when you actually have to walk it out? And he says, why don't you try something different? And you're like, I have used this tool my whole life. (laughs) deliverance works yes but what if deliverance just looked different does that it's not that it was wrong but he's adding tools in our toolbox and he's expanding the kingdom within us we're not expanding if we're still operating in old tools Jacob if you're building something tell me this is true or not if you have an opportunity to build something in your home the greatest joy is that you get to go get another tool yeah it's, man, it's a new project. I need a new tool. What if I told you you need to tackle that new project, but I need you to use the Sawzall that you bought five years, ago, ten years ago, and you just got to make it work. Maybe you could get by. Doesn't that sound like the church? I'm just getting by. But if he gives you something new, you can tackle what you've been given to build something with greater accuracy. Technology's changed. There's been greater revelation with the people who provide those things. The stores change, the things have changed. And it's like, whoa, I mean, babies now? If I, yeah, totally. Get you excited? Yeah. Gives you purpose. You're like holding on to this new, but why is that not threatening? But if I say I want you to meditate, no, we speak in tongues or no, we do this. And what if I said, what about this? And he's like, oh. but, but when you're building something, you get excited about a new tool. But then in, 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 with him, it's like anything new. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. If I said uh, he didn't heal anyone the same ever. So what if I said, okay, this new healing technique that Yahweh's been telling us about, like you have to like spit in the mud. And all of you guys are like, what? Right? But that's what he did. People were like, what? You don't do that on Sabbath? <laughs> right? There was just questions of that doesn't make any sense. So, so walking in him is we're going to walk different. Okay. Next, last one. Yada. Yada is this beautiful word that is the word no in English. So then we started to tap into some language that we didn't know was gonna be coming later on, that when it says Adam knew Eve and they bore a son, you gotta dig and be like, so he just knew her? Like he just knew of her? He just looked at her? No, he knew her. It is an intimate word. It means what you think it means. So when he says to yada me, it means to know him so intimately that he can birth something in you, okay? It's not just to know about him. It's not to know about his name. It's not to know of him within the scriptures. It's to know him so intimately that there is a possibility you could become impregnated with him, okay? All right, then we went through, Walking in him is not shorter. Okay. So then what was the next floor of the building? What? Got it. I heard like monor. I was like, what? Okay. The floor of honor. Once we understood these foundational things and we started to realize if we want to go higher, we need to understand an aspect of honor in a way we've never seen it before. Amen. And this had a lot to do with gratefulness, being thankful, just getting rid of that entitlement. Just all of those things came with honor. So then there were pillars here, which is, this was, let me just say this, 2020? We'll just say it was the the last year. This year has been 2021. Do I have that right? For the most part? I got people listening to podcasts from 2016. And I'm like... What did I say? <laughs> 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 I did use the word Jesus because language hadn't gotten there yet. So, precept upon precept. Okay, so there there was these three beautiful pillars that took us all year. Oh, I answered for you. Which one was that one? Peace, language, What was this one? Heritage, good job. Oh my gosh, isn't this amazing that we're like eating the word versus me giving another five-point sermon on something and you're like, what are we doing and why and what is this? We're we're following a blueprint. Amen? I mean, just this is a blueprint. This is just awesome. Yeah, throw that. (laughs) Okay, so we started, we didn't necessarily start with feasts, but this started actually last year where we began Hanukkah. And we started to engage a, an amazing process of really understanding that if he's asking us to build, then we need to start building what he honored. And if I just need to go through it again, I did do a post and it sounded like it was pretty good as far as the boldness, but I went, I was going public with all of our pictures with Hanukkah and everyone that I know, except for people that I'm really close with, have thought that we have lost our mind. It was good, wasn't it? Maybe I just need to read it. Can somebody grab that post? I think I can probably remember it. I have all these pictures of us celebrating Hanukkah. Number one, I am not Jewish. First question is, is what are you, Jewish now? No, I am not Jewish. Jewish! (laughs) I can't even say that. Number two was, if he honored the Festival of Lights, which is in John, why is it weird if I honor it? That was my number three. What was number two? That was so good. I didn't even get that revelation until this year. Okay, so let's think about this. Just chronologically, thank you. Uh, Just chronologically, Hanukkah happened, let's just say, around 200 years prior to Yeshua showing up on the scene. Okay? So, during the time of Hanukkah was uh, basically a war, Hitler an Assyrian Greco takeover had happened and they wanted every single Jew eradicated. You follow the Torah, you're out. And I don't mean out like in jail, I mean like you're dead. You you honor Shabbat, you're out. You follow the Bible, I'm going to get to that in a second, you're out. They wanted all of the Jews completely gone. What line did Yeshua come from? He's a Jew. He came from the line of Judah. The lineage is in the Bible. <laughs> okay? If it was not for Hanukkah taking back the temple and saying, basically saying no to eradicating our race, eradicating our eradicating our heritage, and doing that, if it wasn't for that family doing that, they could have all been obliterated out of the face of the earth, which means that there would be no... Uh, there would be no there would be no yeshua and for christians who are reading my post there would be no christmas to even celebrate so this is where we understand the ministry of reconciliation when you start to uh, do some history okay hanukkah sends us, sends us into a beautiful year of starting to learn passoch not easter starting to learn shavuot not the birthday of the church if we even say anything about Pentecost understanding that Pentecost is a Greek word but Shavuot had been since Mount Sinai and then we're like do you know the word?" I mean I've had people be like do you know the word and because of the education system and I'm just like but it has happened on Mount Sinai it's in the word I don't know what else. I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say. So then we, we, we celebrate Shavuot, and then we move into Tabernacles, and we celebrate Tabernacles. That was all of last year, really understanding his feast, And how beautiful was that? We've already been through a process of tearing down everything, but this was the time that we get to actually rebuild. Okay, then we move into language, and we start to recognize that language is alive. Oh, did I get into all of those? No. Are you guys okay if I keep going? Are you okay if I keep going? Okay, number four. <laughs> In 2 Timothy, Paul says, show yourself approved that you know the word. What word was he talking about? There was no New Testament when Paul was talking. So for all of the people that say Jesus came on the scene, therefore the Old Testament is nothing null and void. We don't need to do anything with the Old Testament. Number one, is he coming back? if that's the case and number two what was Paul talking about show yourself approved and yet I've been a Christian for all my whole life I don't know nothing about the Torah because I thought it was done away with okay so and then the last one was oh that was the last one if we've been so indoctrinated that it is finished that Jesus finished it which he did finish it in access we have access but his story is not finished or why else are we here so the issue with what well, he came and just finished it all then that means you can't believe he's coming back that I means so okay make sense so that's what started that whole process then we get into language we start to recognize our language is alive we can create so let's make sure our head and our heart is aligned because if my head says one thing and my heart says another i am a house divided and it will not stand That's why we've gone through as a a church, declaring and decreeing, declaring and decreeing, and then not seeing results. But that's because your head is saying one thing and your heart is believing and feeling another. And we started to expand on how it's okay that he created our emotions and being able to walk through things. Language, then we moved from language and began to use our language and pour it out over the family. Okay, that's where we start to say, is my language lined up with what we honor? Our stars started to come out, our destinies started to come out, and then we moved forward into that. Okay, what is the next floor? So all of that to say, we're done with this floor. You guys know we're not really done, done. But we are done in the sense of right now. So what's the next floor called? Do you guys remember what I had released? All right. Engage, and all I saw was one pillar up here, and I still don't know what that pillar is. But we are on the floor of engagement. So this brings me to the father of the house. Where we are is we are about to engage on another foundational floor where we are going to learn to really... When I say engage, do you guys understand what that means? I hope that was rhetorical. I'm like, daughter? Um... Okay, here, here, here's, a great, here's a great way to explain it. I got someone a Hanukkah gift uh, who was asking me a lot of questions about it and one of the gifts that I had gotten her was wine. And you guys heard Missy say to engage with that. What were we engaging with, Josh? That's right, she said that. I was like, Josh? Joshua? <laughs> okay, um... <clears throat> I got her a bottle of wine and I said, here's what I want you to do. And she probably, she doesn't, this isn't normal necessarily on how I talk with her. But I told her, I said, I saw that, bo- that bottle prophetically. I believe that that bottle is beautiful. And I think that uh, there's gonna be some things coming into your life that are gonna just come out in such a beautiful way. And so I told her that I wanted her to begin to engage the label, engage the bottle, engage the taste, the smell, the land when you when you drink wine you are in you are intaking something from another land whatever it is it could be a cracker it could be grape juice when you really get into like a really good grape juice and you're and you're shopping and you're not just getting the 99 cent stuff at Walmart and you're really engaging in really good like organic grape juice you'll begin to learn where the grapes came from what land it came from, what family was harvesting it. I mean, and you start to engage these things. You're engaging with history. You're engaged. So when I say engage, I mean experience. Engage it. It's kind of like when you get engaged. The purpose of an engagement is for me to fully embrace that this is for life. We're not... Um, uh, I, I'm trying to think of a, another example, but engage would be a full, fully, fully experiencing his life, his background, his family, getting to know him. And I'm engaging it, meaning I'm aware. I'm not like, yeah, yeah. Why'd you laugh? <laughs> I thought you were laughing at my level of awareness. But I mean, where you're, you know when you talk to somebody and you can just tell a difference when they're like fully engaged and then you're usually, it's me, you're talking to me. And I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, sounds good, yep. I'm working on it. I'm working on being present. I'm working on... Rest. I'm working on being fully aware and engaged. It's a fully embracing everything that's going on. So when we step onto this beautiful thing that you erased, when we're stepping on that floor of engagement, that means that what's coming is it's going to be a full experience. What we felt for right now for this teaching night is that in order to understand the ability to engage, there are some foundational things that he's going to remind us about so that we can fully engage. Couple things, prophetically and then I'm gonna hand it over. We're in the night season of the Hebraic calendar. We're literally in the middle of the night right now. So here's the thing. Yahweh said that we were going to learn as a family how to solidify our identity within the family. That's why we did the stars. That's why we did the prophetic pouring out because he's wanting to solidify us as a family. Here's why. And this got pretty crazy when I said this. And I remember I said, I think I'm speaking out of turn. This that we built. Oh, is it on the back? Oh, no, you're fine. You guys remember the picture. That was all spiritual. That was spiritual awareness, knowledge. Uh, That was all spiritual. What happens when we actually have to build that on earth? Thinking of, of an example, your star. You have something on your star, and it's time to build it in the day season. It's time to wake up. It's time to build it. It, what's going to happen is, is we are going to have to be solid in who we are in this family to be able to build that literally. You guys understand what I mean by literally. Not like we're going to build a castle. <laughs> but like... <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of an example of what would happen in the day. I'm just gonna think, I'm just gonna think out loud. Ministry of reconciliation. All of a sudden you're gonna realize that one of your stars was, I have a heart for the community. And there's gonna be something he's gonna ask you to build in the context of the kingdom heirs family because you're gonna be a bridge for the community because we're really gonna actually reconcile with the government. We're gonna actually reconcile with a medical system. We're actually going to build systems. We're going to create systems. What happens if you have a heart for uh, raising children? Well, then you're going to start dealing with blood versus blood. And you're going to start, there's going to be some things that are going to begin to come out in our dreams and in our visions. And we're going to have to practically build that. I'm seeing it already happen. People are getting together on nights to go over podcasts. They're talking. There's Bible studies going on. There's people that are beginning to start to say there's something I want to do with all of that. I need to do something with all of that. Blood versus blood is awesome but I want to like I want to reach people in a different way about that revelation and I want to do it like this or feasts let me be the over come on Let me be the person who loves to be the overseer of the feast because I was radically transformed and I want to be the point person for Hanukkah next year so we can start talking about that now so that there's just Synergy and excitement and somebody's like, man, I've got a burning for PASOC. Can I start talking about that now? And so that's why we were prophesying over the family because what's going to begin to happen is we're going to start to get solid, not only in our identity as a family, but your identity within this family, your identity, your role within this family. So with that happening, here's what I saw. We're in the middle of the night if we take all night just solidifying that you have an identity in this family we're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to be like now what do i do now that i understand that i'm the older sister uh oh so i want you to know who you are right now so that now after tonight let's just say that there's a shift know who you are in this family as the next part of the night season and the sun starts to rise you're getting strategy on how to walk out that role because i don't want us to wake up and be like yes i'm the brother Or yes, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the feast guy. And then all of a sudden you realize it's daytime in Passock, And so you need a strategy of what does that look like to build? Does that make sense? So that's what's happening, and that's why we're going to go over some of these things foundationally so that we can really shift. Who am I in this family? Once I know who I am, I want strategy moving out so that when the day comes, I'm ready to rock and roll, okay? Amen.
2: Amen. Well, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, and um, one thing I think that I'll say here off the top is that. I was stirred that declaration over us in the day season or from now shifting towards the day season is a house united. That that's going to be kind of a, a banner over the family, over kingdom heirs, a house united. And so we, with us moving towards that, we need to learn how to engage that, which is the floor that we're standing on now but I wanna back up from there even further and just hit some of these things about identity, what does it mean to be a standard bearer, the culture, roles, positions, things like that. Um, and a lot of what I'm saying is kind of behind what it means to be a standard bearer in general, okay? Um, and I think it's kind of funny. One of the things that I, that I just, actually from talking with Yvonne, Um, before service, is one thing she commented on was, I feel like my gifting is expanding. I don't know if she used the word expanding, but in this environment, it's kind of like, it's flowing. And one of the things that is difficult about this family, of being a part of this family, one of the things that's challenging is that it's a permissive spiritual environment, which means... You're, you're, nobody is controlling you. Nobody is uh, telling you what to do out of a controlling spirit. Right? It's a permissive environment for your gift to flow. And this is part of the reason why people don't like it. I'm going to break it down for you. And you can see this in our culture right now. Is freedom and liberty is challenging Right. Because then you have a level of responsibility that you didn't have when you were in bondage. Okay, And the way that people will get around that sometimes is they will manufacture victimhood. So they can remain in a place that they don't have to pick up the burden of that responsibility of freedom. Does that make sense? You can see it in our culture now and I'll speak on behalf of, not that I am the the representative for the black community, but I can speak on behalf of it that responsibility of freedom is hard and there's a lot of manufacturing of of, uh, ongoing slavery and bondage. Because freedom is challenging, right? It's easier to sit in a place where somebody says, do this, don't do that, do this. Right? Whereas if you're in a spiritually permissive environment, the burden is on you to, to, to live out and walk out that freedom and that liberty. Does that make sense? So in this house, one of the things that I, that I felt led to speak this morning is that there's no... There's no hierarchy in this place, right? We have uh, and we have elder brothers, people who have walked out a, a, specifically a two-year process of discipleship, and they are walking out in elder brother spirit. But in this house, nobody's arrived, right? Nobody's arrived. Okay, if somebody, if we point somebody out and say this person is an elder. That person. That doesn't mean that person has arrived. Okay. Just because we're the the stewards over the house doesn't mean we've arrived. Okay. Nobody. Nobody is is controlling or telling anybody what to do or what not to do. Now, is there submission? Yes. Is there uh, people put in positions? Yes. Is there honor with all that? Yes. But nobody has arrived. Okay. And I and I just want to say that because I want to I wanna extend an invitation and I want to be careful about how I say this. Criticism is, criticism and accountability is welcomed and I'm gonna welcome that on behalf of the elders and, on our, and towards us, right? Criticism and accountability, we welcome that given that it's not coming out of a place of victimhood, right, it's also coming out of a place of relationship Right, and it's constructive. Okay, I want to be really careful how I say that because I'm not just inviting people to say, "Well, you suck at this, and you did this wrong," right, and then leave. Okay, (laughs) because in a family, right, when there's accountability, there's there's guardianship under submission. Nobody has arrived. Okay? Which means you constantly have to be pursuing, you constantly have to be hungry, and when you partner that with a spiritually permissive environment, then you, whatever your role is, nobody's here to tell you what that is. Right? And I'm just talking, generally speaking, the DNA of kingdom heirs, when you have a, a a flock as a shepherd, you know your flock. There's things because uh, Yahweh has given us a mother and a father's heart. There's things that we can see about the flock, right? But it doesn't mean we're here to tell you what to do and what not to do. If you extend an invitation into a, a discipleship relationship, there will be discipleship. There will be discipline. There will be those kind of things, right? Amen. We're called to be disciples. We're called to make disciples. So we have to do that. Right. People have given that permission. But at the end of the day, when you're talking about roles and positions, there's a a spirit of liberty here. So that means that it's ultimately up to Jason, what, you know, that, that seeking and that pursuit of what he's supposed to do. You, can't, you can no longer, when you're freed from bondage, sit back and just be told what to do. Right? And that's why it's challenging here because we don't allow the, the reproduction or the duplication of bondage that you've been freed from as an excuse not to be responsible of how you handle that freedom. Amen? <laughs> So I'm just talking about just the DNA of of kingdom heirs, and that's one of those things. and it reminded me of that when when Yvonne said, "Well, I just feel like my gift is expanding. That's because there's a spiritually permissive environment here. Amen. So, When we talk about position or posture, I'm gonna talk about our posture as a family tonight, but when we talk about specific positions to individuals, we all partnered with the spirit of prophecy, speaking over every single member of the family, and what you do with that is your responsibility because you're free, right? That manufacturing victimhood, that's a real thing. That's real. I wanna talk a little bit about um, a house united. There's a lot in that, I feel like. And like I said, I feel like that's the banner over the family moving forward. Um, How would you guys, I'm gonna ask you some questions and I'm not, my goal isn't really to find out what your answer is. My goal is to provoke you by asking these questions and cause some uh, reconciling, some provocation uh, and it's a simple question, but what? how would you examine or assess somebody's level of unity? Just whatever you guys think, throw it out. How would you assess if somebody is united with whatever? Connection. Consistency. What else? What'd you say? Standard language. How do they talk? All right, this is all good. This is all good. If uh, here's a here's a coin right here. It's a Unity coin. Everything we're saying is on this side. I want you guys. If you have your Word with you, I want you to go to uh, Matthew ten thirty four. Does anybody know that scripture off the top of their head? Yeshua says, do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, all those things you guys just said, connection, consistency, language, the standard, right? That's all on this side of the coin. how you respond to conflict, right? All of these things have to do with your unity to whatever you're united to, okay? Now, this is what, this is what I, wanna, I wanna provoke the family because I feel like this, we have to understand this in order to posture ourselves for engagement to walk in what it means to be a house united for ultimately what Yahweh is asking us to do in this next season. Okay, that's such a it it, it it can be such a confusing scripture because Yeshua, right, himself, the prince of peace, he's saying don't assume I came to bring peace on the earth. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. What? What has anybody else wondered about? I mean, it almost seems like he's saying two things like he's talking out of. He is peace. Right. But he didn't come to bring peace on the earth. He came with a sword in his hand. Okay. So what I feel like we have to understand and we have to ask ourselves is, have we embraced the peace of Yeshua and neglected the sword? Because when we talk about unity, when I was, when we were united at the altar, right? When we were married, (laughs) what, all those things that we just answered that question are things that make me united with my wife. But what we need to examine is what have we, where, when, he, when Yeshua brings a sword, he's dividing you from other things. He's setting you apart from things and, and bringing you unto himself. So how can I, you could have all of those things that we said in a marriage and still have somebody going outside of their marriage. Does that make sense? You could have a man connected with his wife consistent the language is there right but i would submit the sword aspect that yeshua brought is because we have to examine what are you divested from the reason why i'm united with my wife even more than all of that is because i am forever divided from every other female on the planet <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? You can be in unity, but Yeshua didn't come to bring peace. He brought a sword. So he's he's after in that, I believe, his heart in that scripture is what have you divided yourself from? What have you divested yourself from? We can scream unity with Yeshua all day. But he's right, he's there with a sword. What people can say, you know, syncretous things like, well, we can do, uh, somebody just mix Christmas and Hanukkah. They mix the two words. <laughs> and this, this is what I've been so fired up about leading up to this week because I feel like we have to get this. When you talk about a house united, I'm not just talking about everybody here is in unity, right? We come, we all love each other, we're all of one accord, you know, we're, we're, we're getting there. I feel like that's a, that's a, we're in a healthy place, okay? Not that we've arrived, obviously, right? But when we talk about those things, we're in a healthy place. There's a spirit of unity here. There's a, a spirit of dwelling here and commanded blessings and all of those type of things But you can come here on Friday and experience all of that. But what Yahweh's asking us and what he's assessing, and this is where I feel like our family's going to stand out. Because unity isn't just you with respect to something else. Unity, if you walk in a spirit of unity, it means you walk in a manner that you're in covenant with him and you've divested yourself of everything else that is not him. And this has been something that my wife and I have walked in that has caused a, a sequence of events, a series of situations that I believe for us personally has brought us to this point because as Yahweh has asked us to follow him, we're not just united with him, we're divided from everything else. Turn me on.
1: I flip, flipped this. I tried. It's, it's right here. So I was trying to put the other side of the coin that there's another whole side, just the picture of it. And then are you going to get into this peace?
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. So he is
1: peace. Do you guys know the definition of peace? Okay. What is it? Okay. Shalom actually is... <laughs> Thank you. Shalom is actually, uh, Shalom is much deeper than peace, but yes. But the definition of peace is displace chaos. So if he is peace, he's definitely bringing a level of peace, but he's coming to displace the chaos in our lives, which most of the time gets... uh, uh, described as well, you're not the peacemaker. Well, I was only called to be a peacemaker with things that I'm in covenant with Him on this side. But that doesn't mean that He's not going to take out that chaos, and we're getting things confused because we're saying, "Oh, well, no, we should just be united," which just means united. And now we don't understand the concept of uh, what, what's the, that? Was a good word? Divergence divested for years that word where you where you cut yourself off that was just such a beautiful representation of I am united with her which means ultimately by definition I am not united with all of the things that are chaotic now that may be easy to hear a man say I'm you know I adore only her but I don't adore any other women some people might say Well, that's obvious, but there's a lot more that you may have to, to, uh, divest. (laughs) It's not just that, but it could be when you say, I adore you and I have eyes for only you. And he goes, yeah, but what do you think about that? uh, I don't want to call any of you out. Cause I don't want to call myself out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are the things that can get in the way? What about that thing that you're just, you know, uh, what? Work, laundry, my to-do list. Okay, here I'll, I'll I'll call myself out. So when I'm so when I'm called to adore you and like. <laughs> And it's like I'm supposed to be, you know, present, but I'm the one that's not cut away from the to-do list, the work, the laundry, the I got to do this, I got to do that. So there's this aspect of not that you cut yourself off from that, but there's a love of works that ultimately is my hiding so that I don't have to adore That's what he's getting at. It doesn't mean that the laundry is bad, but if you're using laundry to escape something else, we've got a problem. So there's an aspect of understanding that when this other side of the coin pops up, it is messy and it doesn't feel like peace, but that's just the displacing of the chaos you created.
2: If you look at Matthew chapter 10, Right? Because we're, we're all familiar. We may not know the scripture, the, the number, the address, or whatever, but we're familiar with that scripture. I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. We're familiar with that. Divest. <laughs> You're divided. Right. Not only are you united on one side of the coin, you're also divided from everything else. What if I invest? If I invest here. Right. <laughs> I was going to talk about engagement too. <laughs> if you look at Matthew 10, the two verses before that, there's something very important. So, what were what I the, the thing that I believe is on the Father's heart for this family to prepare us and posture us for what's coming is that there's two sides to, to the coin of unity that we're carrying. The currency of unity that we're carrying is not just one-sided. It's not just what you're connected to. It's not just what you're consistent with. It's not about just the language. It's also what you have to embrace the sword and what else are you being cut off from now to add to that matthew 10 32 yeshua said therefore whoever acknowledges me before men (laughs) whoever acknowledges me before men so you have the unity on the positive side whoever acknowledges me before men. That means there's an aspect that he's looking for that what you're doing also has a witness. What you're doing is also public. It's before men. And in verse 33, he said, but whoever denies me before men. So there's an aspect. You can see the two sides of the coin. There's acknowledgement and denial. Denial. And there's a witness on both sides. So here we're standing before Yeshua, I believe. Not to bring peace to the house for this time. I'm not saying that it's going to be chaotic, but he's not, his intent is not peace at this time. His intent is, I have my sword and I want to see what you're acknowledging before men. And I want to see what you're denying before men. We, as a family, we have to understand if we're walking into the banner of a house united, we have to understand unity. We can't just continue on the one side. It's half truth. If you're married, you can't just live a life of being connected to your wife while you're connected to other women, right? Because the way you examine unity, I feel so strongly about it, almost to the point, I don't want to see how connected a man is to his wife. I want to see how divided he is from every other woman. Yeshua doesn't necessarily, he's not only looking at who are the people that I'm setting apart to myself, but he's also looking, what have they divested themselves from permanently? Because they're in covenant with me. Can you feel how this presses you more to not? I feel like the question is provoking into a place of there have been things where it's like, you know, we're going this route. We're walking. We're following him. But I'm also dragging these other things that are not really a big deal. I'm still carrying these things. They're not really a big deal. But Yeshua brought a sword because he wants to cut you off from things. We're a house united. We're peculiar people. We've crossed over. When, they, when Eber crossed over, he was cut off from everything he crossed over from. Why cross from one place to another and bring everything from that place to the new place? Then you just gotta cross back over, <laughs> right? Right. So there's there's two sides to this coin, this currency that we're carrying. This currency, I believe, he's he's giving us a very powerful ministry of reconciliation. He's giving us a very powerful sense of what it means. To walk in a spirit of unity, right? Just as individuals, if I walk in a spirit of unity, it means I understand both sides of this. It means that I understand when He asks me to follow Him or cross over into a certain place, or He gives me a new revelation, a greater understanding of something, I have to divest myself from the old understanding. If he gives me a new level of understanding, now I understand something about the Maccabees and the hammer that they were and the protection of the flame. I understand certain things about the appointed times, the feasts and how we're supposed to govern over those things. I personally, as, as the father of the house, okay? I personally understand that there's certain things that now I'm understanding that requires me to cut myself off from my old understanding in some way, shape, or form. Right? When I got married in covenant, when I engaged in unity with my wife, I crossed over from a place of being able to connect to whatever female to now it's only her and I can no longer connect to any other female in the same way, the yada way. Right? This new relationship this new covenant engagement requires me to discontinue something else this is i I, we see this a lot where somebody will get a new revelation yahweh will give them a grasp on something and they'll grasp it and they'll, they'll still be holding on to the old the old understanding Right? One of the ways, one of the things that I will do in asking you questions or presenting information. One of these standards of the house is that once you understand that, once a truth is presented to you, you can't go back to the old way of operating. <laughs> is, there, is everybody okay? Uh, like, I'm trying to provoke you. I'm really... And you know what? When somebody speaks truth to you, you can't unknow it. You can ignore it. You can bury your head in the sand. Right? But once the truth has been delivered and it's rested upon you, you can't... You 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 have to do something with it. Maybe you ignore it. Maybe that's the thing you do with it. That's not... Right? That's not my responsibility as a, as a shepherd i do have a responsibility responsibility to present it and to walk alongside you and help you right but ultimately that's the burden and the responsibility of freedom when there's a spirit of freedom in the house the truth is presented and the burden is on you what you do with that But what I'm telling you is that Yeshua is standing before us, prepared to take us to a very impactful place that I believe is rarely seen in the Western church, if not, not seen. This has been an unseen assignment calling on this house that is becoming seen And he's standing before us with a sword saying, yes, you love me. Yes, you're following me. Yes, you're connected to me. You're consistent, but you haven't divested yourself. You haven't allowed my sword to cut you off from the things that are not part of my covenant. She said, Mark 3, 25, if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand, right? That's talking about division in the house. But it's interesting that you you can have a house divided because you haven't divided yourself from other things outside the house. I think that um, we had an intercession night November 1st of last year. And I, I just had the this prophetic utterance about where our family is to stand re, regarding our nation. And I just think as a, as a house in general, as spiritual people in general, as sons and daughters. And it was interesting because Kendra typed it out for me. It's 11 pages. And I, I I would encourage every single one of you to, to read that prophetic utterance about a declaration of deliverance, right? When our country was founded, it was because it was divided from another country, right? We couldn't be our own country if we were still holding on to where we came from right it was an active cutting off right it wasn't about peace it was about a sword and i would encourage all of you guys to read that because i believe as we begin to carry this banner of a house united and we understand what engagement means it's going to posture us to really walk in this prophetic word and what Yahweh spoke that night, November 1st, 2020. Um, and it's interesting because when she was inspired that the floor we're standing on is engagement, that's what happens prior to covenant, right? Yahweh's given us grace to understand. Now is a time of engagement, okay? It's a time frame. it's a grace period for you to decide, are you... Yes, you obviously want unity with him, but are you going to divest yourself from, from all these other things that are not him? Which means we have to understand the word to know what is not him. No longer, nobody in this house has the luxury of just hearing something and just accepting it on its face because somebody said it. Right, and we should never be that way. We, we're, we're making disciples here, which means you have discipline, which means you're gonna check what's being said. You're gonna verify what's being said. So if we say, you know what? Next year, we're throwing the, the biggest Christmas party Flagstaff has ever seen. That's when you take that invitation and say, I'm gonna hold you accountable, right? Right? So this peer this engagement this floor that we're now standing on is because we're about to enter into a dynamic of covenant that I don't believe we've we've seen. Right? He's he's brought us gracefully through this blueprint and we're we're now standing in a place of engagement. So my question to you is how you need to examine your your unity that you walk in. And it's not just about, am I connected? Am I consistent? Do you, you know, I go to service, I, you know, whatever. However, whatever things you're thinking to yourself, it's not just about that. It's also, what are you being divided from? There was a time in our life when Yahweh very clearly told us what to do. And it was hard and it was challenging and it required us, not because he said it, Yahweh didn't specifically give us this directive, but because of what he asked us to do, it required us to divest and divide ourselves from our life savings we have saved up to that point. $50,000 we had to walk away from and cut ourselves off from. Right, we could have said, yeah, we'll do this, but we're not giving up this. Right. And now understanding what I'm saying now, that would have been a a point of examination that we had to say, you know what? We were obedient, but we didn't really engage fully. We didn't fully engage in what he was asking us to do because we were saying we were in covenant with him. We're following him, but we're still engaged with this other thing. It's like she said, it doesn't have to be. Uh, people. It could be tasks. It could be your to-do list. It could be money. It could be your job. Right? I, I, I want our family to be so fired up about this that when you walk in unity, which is the ministry of reconciliation, that you're prepared that when Yahweh gives you a directive, right, that nobody's going to tell you what it is when he drops it in your heart and your spirit and you know with all your being that this is what I'm supposed to do and this is what I'm supposed to walk out, I want us to be so fired up as disciples that you're saying, what do I need to divide myself from in order to fully walk this out as a house united? And that's tough and it's not easy, right? But freedom is not easy, He's the perfect law of liberty. When you have that inside of you, it's not easy. Right? It would be much easier to go back to bondage, or right? You can't really go back to bondage once he resides in you, but you can manufacture it. You can fake it to avoid that responsibility. So, this is really what he laid on my heart, and when we talk about identity, being standard bearers, you know, the culture, so many of these things are wrapped up in what I'm saying right now. And when we talk about bearing that standard, I don't really know how to define that. I, don't, I mean, I feel like it's a self-evident thing. How do you uphold a standard of walking in unity? right with respect to him with respect to other people and even just as a dynamic in and of your own self right i really want to press i want you to not be able to sleep tonight <laughs> you know what i mean when i say that get i want you to rest but i want this to really i want you to examine am i walking this way Am I acknowledging him before men? Am I denying other things that are not him before men? That's hard.
1: Yeah, it was making me think about, like everything that you're saying is making me think about the practical side of we're building during the day, why he's having us go through this. Because ultimately what's happening is you're being positioned in a family. Well, what happens when you're positioned in a family? In the kingdom, when you understand that you have a role in the family, the responsibility it turns to ownership. So essentially, you become His ambassador. We know this, right? This is this is this is this is this is why this is in any ways we know this. But there is a reality of us becoming His ambassador, His His you know co heir, His it we've we've walked through that process where we were once a people where we just said God do it and he's like I did it's your turn and what it is that we're walking out is that we may not be shown approved if we're just like let's just say someone has it on their heart to start like a, a home gathering and they just want to uh, talk about how to be more consistent in our lives well, an aspect of that is going to be how to not be consistent with, with, with what we've been consistent for or with. And so there's going to be breaking and there's going to be discipleship and there's going to be walking that out. And so it it's bringing the fullness of the practical side of that building. So it was making me think of if I didn't erase it and flip this over, blood versus blood. So we've talked about what that is And I'm sure we've talked about what it is not, but there's aspects of the other side of that. This is going back to the beginning when there would be accusation of uh, the feeling of, uh, you're just taking your ball and leaving. You're just not playing. Because there are things we're not playing. Because he's asked us to not play. And we're the first to be like, well, then you don't want unity in that. Well, yeah, I don't want a false unity. So there's aspects and what that is, is conviction and walking with that strong conviction as a leader there is much responsibility and accountability not a leader within like the context of an organization but his we're understanding the reality of being a leader in the kingdom where this new era the earth should be running to our creative light the earth is the medical uh the medical arena should be asking Yahweh's family for answers well if he if they're not it's because we don't have them but maybe it's because we haven't diverted digested (laughs) maybe maybe we haven't divested divested. (laughs) we haven't divested can I say that we haven't divested, again, this is all a personal journey. I'm just saying things to provoke. But if we haven't divested from the medical system, then the medical system's not going to look for answers because we're looking to the medical system for answers. But you are the answer for the medical system. So there's an aspect of being able to learn how to, it's the same thing with food. Or when Yahweh told me to, to eat a certain way and it was all the doctors were like, you're nuts, you're crazy, you're, that you're not supposed to do that. And I'm like, yeah, but this is what he told me to do. I had to divest from the ways of the world, which was low sugar and fat-free and all of that. And I'm, I've got this strategy. I'm supposed to eat full fats and lots of carbs and raw sugars. And, it was, and they were like, you're nuts. It's all about calories. And it, it completely transformed my life. And so there's an aspect of not just walking. What would have happened if I just added that? But then I kept in my old ways of going to McDonald's there would have been a house divided. So there was an aspect where there was a walking away of something and clinging to something else. And so it's just making me think of how practical this is going to be because that's what's going to be difficult for the earth to understand. And that's what we're going to walk them through. It's going to be easy to lead unity on that side of the coin. Hey, let me teach you how to be consistent. Or, but what happens when I have to break off the consistency that you've had? So, I mean, I know he's... That's the
2: unpopular side of the coin that nobody likes to operate.
1: It's easy to be like, let's talk about consistency with our communication. Do you pray together every day? But then what happens when you start poking at stuff and be like, okay, like you're talking about like other women, but we're talking about computer screens we're talking about the way that you lived when you were single. We're talking about lifestyles. We're talking about addiction. We're talking about, we're talking about all of these things that come with covenant that you got to start un, being inconsistent in. It's so funny. When you start getting into kingdom things, you teach on consistency. It's like, what? I don't know how to be consistent. Yes, you do. You know how to be really consistent. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't have a problem with consistency. It's what we're being consistent in. I, we talk about it all the time. How do I be consistent? How do I get in my word every day? I don't know. Do it when you shower. Except Ellen. <laughs> what do you do every day? Do you go to the bathroom? I mean, what is it that you are consistent in? Find what you're consistent in and attach it. And you'll start to learn like, oh, I do know how to be consistent. Yeah. Or replace? People are like, I don't, I just, I don't have time. <coughs> I don't have time to read the Word. Yeah. How about every time you get on Facebook and start your fingers start scrolling, that's your trigger to just open up the Bible app? Oh no, that's not. I'm not talking about that, right? Well, you're consistent <laughs> at scrolling, so let's just yeah. be consistent at scrolling through John. And it's like, whoa. Have no! you guys
2: ever? Have you guys ever checked your screen time? Or your phone says this is your screen time for the day. Sometimes I'm horrified, (laughs) like it'll be like, you averaged 10 hours this week, and I'm like, how, how? It's just so normal.
1: My excuse is that everything was left open. (laughs) It's really bad. If you go into my phone, you could scroll all my things that are left open. It's insane. That's why my screen time is really bad. I read a lot, John.
2: So I wanna, so we're on the floor of engagement. I wanna just give you a basic definition because I want you to be looking out for these opportunities that engagement brings. So in the scripture, when you break down engagement, it means exchanging pledges or loyalty. Okay, you can see how that works. When you get engaged, you exchange pledges, you're committing to one another right but engagement can also be like a, a, a conflict you're you're in an engagement you're in a conflict and you're there's two pledges or two loyalties confronting one another okay so when we're on this floor of engagement you can see how it kind of goes together with walking in unity that there, you're going to begin to see opportunities where you can acknowledge certain things or deny certain things before men. Okay, and I wanna press everybody. I should be able to ask you over the next couple months, what engagements have you experienced? What things have you acknowledged before men? What things have you denied before men? And if you're like, nothing, that's a problem, right? Because I guarantee you, there are people carrying certain inner loyalties or pledges, things they believe, convictions, whatever, lack thereof. And those things are confronting your belief system and you have opportunities to acknowledge or deny before men in that moment. Right? So I'm, I'm also putting that expectation out. And as the father of the house, when I do that, when I put expectations out, that's how you walk in an in a identity of bearing a standard. The word bearing, standard bearer, is because it's not easy, right? To bear the standard, to walk that out, to stand before Yeshua with the sword in his hand, and he knows he can just cut it off of you, and you can acknowledge him before men. Amen? Did I do do okay? I wanna like stir it up, you know? (laughs) We want to be a house of standard bearers, man. That's not, it's not easy.
0: Son told me today that he dissected a frog in class. And then like moments later said he made sugar cookies in (laughs) culinary class. And I'm like, please tell me you had culinary first. And that you, (laughs) right? Did you please, please tell me you washed your hands. Um, (laughs) So random, right? Yeah. Well, I say that because I have kind of a weird example to share with you guys. So sorry in advance if it grosses you out. Well, because dad was talking about like when you get a new understanding that you have to cut off something, right? So I was just like, I was in my mind. I feel like there was a picture, but I couldn't like wrap my head around a picture so I was trying to think of something practical that that could relate to which made me think of D. And all of us ladies that go to CD, right? Or guys, kids, my all, all my kids go to CD. And we our hair grows, so what do we have to do? We have to get it trimmed. And if we don't, we get a bunch of split in split ends and hanging on to that old stuff ends up breeding unhealthiness within our hair. Amen. (laughs) And we have to do the same thing like with our nails. And some of us get our nails done. I don't usually, but I do trim my nails because I need to and I need to, that's a part of my being healthy, right? That's a thing to cut off. As the new grows, I have to cut off the old, right? I have to keep that trim. And if I don't, like, this is the gross part. Sorry, guys. Like, it gets really long and gross. Have you guys seen, like, those horror stories? Yeah. And it's hard. So when you do it regularly, it's not a big deal. But when you don't, it becomes a big deal. So then, thanks to Kendra, I watched this show about some kit just whatever they were like not in a good situation and they ended up having to like be bathed because they hadn't been bathed in such a long time and as a result our skin naturally regenerates but when we don't cleanse ourselves from not even the impurities but just the old it ends up being a big deal because we have we haven't dealt with that so then I was like, okay, but I, I, I can't just leave it there, right? So what I was really thinking about and where I really got to, um, because part of, like, we're in a new month, right? What's the name of this month? Tevet. This is our new month. And I was reading some of um, some other people's experiences in this month. And uh, one person was just sharing like they were in the word all the time, all the time. They were just constantly in the word, and part of this month is this opportunity for a new testimony. Like, my testimony today should not be the same testimony that I had a year ago because I am constantly trimming and becoming and moving into a new spot, right? So I was just thinking when dad was talking about something being cut off, it was just reminding me of um, like the Dead Sea. Water flows into the Dead Sea, but nothing ever comes out. And so it's gross, and it's yuck, and there's no life produced. Things go to the Dead Sea to die. I don't want to be a vessel where things just come into me for me to just, like, let them die. And in order for that to happen, I have to be letting it come out of me also just the same as I get my hair trimmed. Like it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing to do it. Like it's a good thing to do that regularly. I shouldn't just once a year be sharing a testimony. It should be a constant moving opportunity just like flowing water that is fresh and flows and has things coming in and going out. And even though even though impurities come in, it is moving so fast that those things get washed away. So those were just some of the connections that I was seeing and I know I'm like, well, but in the winter, it's like the water gets frozen over, right? But really underneath the ice is still moving and rushing water. So even though we're in this winter season, we're still in this season where water is supplying and water is moving. So I just wanna encourage us that we might not see it just like the bulbs might be planted, but we don't see the flower yet. Does that make sense? So it's, it's sometimes hard because it's so dark. So dark. I haven't fully looked into this yet because I was hearing a lot of like laying down of Christmas and all of that is, is like the winter solstice. So I got to look into that. Because I've always, like my favorite day of the year has been that year because after that, every day gets a little bit longer and it gives me the hope that spring is coming because winter is not my personal favorite. Okay, so I, those were just a few of the things that I wanted to share because it's all like when we look at the coin, it's what side of it are we looking at? Like how are we viewing it? There are two sides and there are two parts. Like if I have sin in my life, I need to remove the sin but if i just remove the sin it'll come back unless i replace it with something but what dad's sharing with us is there are things in our lives that are already not in a place so it's about the cutting off so that i can uh be in unity with him i have to remove something all right so we have an opportunity we've been trading you guys I don't know if ever we could get like a camera that can move and like turn down like to see what's all up here and how people have been trading all night. Right now is an opportunity for us to tithe and be obedient and then be able to go above and beyond. So it's been a while since I've been here. So let's chat, are you guys ready? Okay, what does tithing do practically? What? It rebukes the devourer, so I get some, and then I pay bills, and it's this back and forth. Tithing is a flatline survival moment. I need to survive, so I better tithe. It's an obedience thing, right? As parents, I want my kids to obey and not run out into the street to save their lives, But if I just do it on Monday, but on Wednesday my kids run out into the street, like it has to be a constant flow. Wow, flow. Okay, all right. (laughs) Let's talk about offering. What's offering do? It's a one-to-one ratio. I love that mom, (laughs) I love you, mom. I love that mom wrote a, a Bible reference different than people would normally write a Bible reference because I would normally write Matthew 10 as two T's but mom wrote it as math (laughs) and I was like amening in the back so um, offering provides that one-to-one ratio so rather than us flatlining and going up and down An offering allows us to go up one, over one, up one, over one. And the net is growth. The growth just happens to be linear. So it's good. It's awesome. But there's something better than addition. I like rip... No, not subtraction. Unless you're taking something off. Like the yuck, right? Okay. But so there's tithes and offerings that's survival Uh, tithes sorry offering is an opportunity to grow but i'm not satisfied with just a like straight line growth i want my money to work for me and so what's the way that we do that first fruit i know i was gone well i don't think anybody was here last friday no people were on saturday But anyways, the first fruits is an opportunity to multiply. So instead of just adding, our multiplication gets bigger. So two times two is four, times two is eight, times two is 16, and we're making more as time progresses, which is an exponential growth. That grows really fast. So I want you to take three, we've been trading all night, but I want you to take three opportunities right now to tithe, to give an offering that's over and above, and then to give a first fruit. And you can do that all in once, I think. I don't think that's a big deal. You just, like, add it all up and make it happen. But I want to challenge you. Uh, we took a bold move today, and Andrew uh, has money in his account. and We told him once you get to a certain amount, then we will help you get a debit card so you can, like, do things without reliance on us to like provide the actual like cash to do it um, or us to make the transaction that he can and we had I had a conversation with him I was trying to like work it out for him so he would really understand and I said so we tithe and so I gave him an example of $300 say you made you were working with somebody and you made $300 what's 10% of that he was like it's 30 I said yep but we give an offering also, right? And he's like, yeah, so okay, 40. I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Like, if that's what it is for you, let's do it. And he's like, yeah. I said, why? And he's like, because we're cool. I'm like, all right, it's cool to give an offering. So right now, experience the joy and the coolness of being able to not only tithe, not only give an offering, but we have a distinguished opportunity to let what we have invested multiply instead of just go simple okay so take advantage of that opportunity run up here with your checks or your cash if you forgot to like trade everything let's get it thrown down if it's text to give you can do that which is nine two eight two eight eight four five four seven Nobody's waving their hands against that. So I'm thinking I remembered it correctly. Don't miss out. Let that water continue to flow. I actually looked up the definition of divest. And it means to take, like, one example was to take away possessions from someone. So I was just thinking about like who possesses areas of our lives or something that possesses an area of our life that we can divest from and invest into where it really, like what is that area of our life? All right, Yahweh, we just thank you for each and every person that is here that is connected with us through live that is here in spirit. And we just thank you for each and every person. We thank you that we have had an opportunity not only to trade and really let the word sink into our hearts and be a practical walking out, but that we have an opportunity to give and let you do in us. We have an opportunity to let you do in us and to really Afford you those opportunities in our lives to multiply and we just thank you for that Amen Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom heirs International If you have received insight and revelation with this message we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry.
1: You can do that at KingdomAirsFlag.org. Thank you.